What's going on guys? Welcome back to Pure Evil MMA. I have a very special guest joining us here for the first time on Pure Evil MMA. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Keith Barry. What's going on? How are you doing today? Good, man. Good. Just started my morning off early, so I'm just relaxing over here. I'm over in California time. I totally forgot you're on the East Coast. Yeah, man. Well, is it cold over there right now? Because Dana just tweeted out a picture last night. Uh, not too far from you over in uh, Vegas, it's snowing, believe it or not. Yeah, it's been it's been kind of crazy weather over here. I mean, on the East Coast, it always snows and it's always cold. But over here, it's been ridiculously cold for this type of Southern California atmosphere. And uh, yeah, it's snowed, Big Bear, there's tons of powder up in Big Bear, and there's snow everywhere. So I saw Vegas, yeah, Vegas was snowing all crazy, and yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. Well, before we jump into any talks, I'll, since we're on the subject, I wanted to ask, like, does that have an effect on fighters' bodies? Like, if you're over on the East Coast, you're kind of used to the changing of the seasons, you know, the summer and then the winter. It's ridiculous. You know, out where you guys are, it's hot all the time mostly. So when you experience cold weather, can you actually feel that effect on your training and on your body? Uh, I don't feel it too much, man. I, I kind of think of it like when I run and stuff. I like to go up to Big Bear in colder places. And I train a lot in Vegas, so I, the elements make you stronger. You know, all that the running and stuff. It's all just mentally mental conditioning. So I think it, I think it helps. It, it kind of sucks when you're doing it, but then afterwards you're like, okay, the elements make you a little stronger. You know. So let's jump right into things, man. Start from the top for people out there that probably just saw you. There was a little while that. You had a break, and then you returned to Bellator. But most recently, people may have saw you on, you know, Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz. How did you get a part of that? How, how did they approach you? Yeah, I was. Uh, I got put on the undercard kind of late. I, uh, I had a bare knuckle boxing fight set up in Wyoming that uh, I was kind of training for specifically for a little bit, and um, so I was getting ready for that. And then last, literally last minute. Um, it was kind of a huge shit show, man. Like, I heard, I heard a lot of bad things about some promoters that were to do with the organization, and uh, I was already kind of invested, so I just kind of kept training, and then last minute, they told me my guy got hurt, but, like, I guess he ended up fighting, so, but no one even got paid from that event, so it was the, I think it was the Bare Knuckle Fight Federation. Yeah, and people are getting it confused. <laughs> With uh, BKFC, it's not BKFC, it's the other no. one with, you know, Chris yeah. Eben was just talking about it as well. Yeah, so Dave Feldman, he's the good guy, the, the better organization with, B, with BK, um, FC. the one you mentioned before. Yeah, yeah, BKFC. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm, I'm getting all confused with all these acronyms, BKFC, BQL, MFC, this, this, uh, you know, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I, um. I think it's, uh, I think it's really, um, really, sorry, somebody was trying to call me real quick. That's all right. Okay. But, um, but yeah, man, I, um, I think, uh, they, they kind of put me on last minute after that one kind of fell out and a uh, promoter called me and said, Hey, do you want to fight on the Tito Ortiz Chuck Liddell undercord? And I said, yeah, yeah, of course. I've already been training for something. So I kind of jumped on it last minute. I had like 10 day notice and, uh, I came out swinging, tried to knock the guy out. It didn't work out. He ended up getting a submission on me, and uh, now I'm kind of back to training. And uh, I, I heard some talks that maybe Joe Schilling might, I might fight him in Bellator uh, at Pechanga March 29th. I, I think that would be a real cool fight. He's a kickboxing legend, and I like to stand 
that, so I think that would be a fun stand-up fight for me. Yeah, I saw so, you tweeting uh, about that. That that would be an awesome fight. Fans would be uh, all over that, especially Joe Schilling, and then you, you guys, you know, both have a history that all MMA fans know about. This would be a classic matchup. I think so. I think it would be a cool matchup. Um, I I heard uh, one of my trainers I work with. He talks with Bellator. And um, he was saying that they were asking for an opponent for him. So I said, yeah, let's do it, 185. So we're just kind of waiting to hear from his camp just to kind of see. But it's all hearsay until I actually get the contract, you know. So, um, yeah, but it's, it's kind of something exciting. I'd love to fight, um, getting back to bare-knuckle fighting. If I ever did a bare-knuckle fight, I would love to fight Chris Levin. I got offered that a couple times. But, uh, well, I, he just got signed by that new bare-knuckle fighting organization, the, the better one. Yeah, BKFC. So, yeah. BK, is it BKFC? Yeah, BKFC, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships. There you go, BKFC, yeah. So, And the way to distinguish it, guys, uh, Beck Rawlings is the one that's fighting for BKFC. Matter of fact, my co-host from Ultimate Fighter, James McSweeney, was trying to, uh, or is currently trying to get on there as well. Chris Liebman going there. But really quick, we were talking about Golden Boy, and we're, we're going to kind of you know jump out of order here. Because uh, what were you expecting going into that? Because it was a new promotion. Uh, it, it, what the hell is his name that runs it? Uh, the boxer. Uh, oh, what the hell is it? Uh, yeah, Oscar De La Hoya. So did, did you kind of feel trusting with, you know, give, giving it in his hands that it wasn't going to be a shit show? What were you expecting it to be, and what did it end up being in, in your experience? Yeah, I, I was expecting, um, I was kind of expecting how it was. They, they built up the, the main card, the main fight, and then the rest of the fights they didn't give too much recognition to. So I kind of figured they, they were going, they were basing all their pay-per-view off that one big fight. But, you know, I, I was already, I was supposed to fight that other fight, so when I got a call for this opportunity, I was like, heck yeah, man, I'm just glad to have a fight. And, yeah. um, you know, when, when you're training for a fight and all of a sudden your fight gets pulled, it's like it takes the, your heart out of you, you know? So it, it was just good to get a fight, and then I was excited to be under Oscar Del Hoya's first MMA um, fight. And the, the promotion was really good, man. They, they treated all the fighters good. They didn't pay everyone like they said they did. I mean, the, the pay was crap, in my opinion. And uh, if you're a professional fighter, you should be getting a base on a bigger organization like that. You should be getting a base of five and five. And um, they, they were doing they were doing some amateur fights to kind of build up the night to sell the, the smaller seats and stuff. And I understand, but uh, yeah, it, it ended up being it ended up being an okay show. I the main event, I thought I thought Chuck shouldn't be fighting, but. Um, Everything kind of turned out all right. It was an okay night. Well, even, even before that fight started, like we'll, we'll end on this note with uh, with that topic. But Rashad was even saying right before we knew what was about to happen, it felt surreal. It felt like we were watching, like living in a dream almost. Did Did you get to sit there and enjoy the main event? And what were your thoughts? What was your initial reaction before they first uh, went in there and touched gloves? Yeah, I was fighting. I fought right after. I was the, they call it a swing bout. It kind of sucks when you're a fighter and you get the swing bout, but I wasn't going to be picky. So I, I didn't fight till after the main event. So I actually watched the main event just in the back room, and um, it kind of went how I thought. You know, it was a little sad to me, honestly. I, I love Chuck Liddell, and I, I watched him growing up, and uh, I like Tito Ortiz. He's okay. He, he does have a big ego, and he's just Mr. Like, all about Tito, and all that good stuff, but, um, yeah, all in all, it was a little sad seeing Chuck get knocked out like that, because I thought Chuck already won 
two of the fights when they're in their prime. So it was just kind of like a kind of total publicity fight. So it was a little sad thing Chuck get knocked out, but um, it, it was funny watching the commission trying to stop Tito from burying his imaginary body in the cage, and that was kind of funny. You see, that but kind of pissed me off, though. Like, like let him, let him, uh, you know, do the antics. Why not? He's, I know, they, they should have just let him, but it was funny that, like, I don't know, it was funny that they even tried to stop him, because it's like, come on, man, it's like kind of this thing, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, and then he still wanted to do it, and I don't know, I just thought it was kind of funny. All right, so going back to uh, some of the other discussions that I really want to have with you, going like is ring rust real? Because we know that you spent a little while out of the cage when you first got back in there for Bellator. Uh, was it a little weird? I know the fight ended up going to a draw against Kevin Casey, but you know what did you experience in there? Can you say that ring rust is real? Is it kind of a figment of the imagination? What what was it to you uh, returning to the cage? No, I think it's real. I think. Um... I think it, it all depends on your mentality, but it affects you for sure. The more you're active, the more you're training and, and you're having fights and you're going in there and you're competing and you're going through that process, I mean, the better. The more time you have off, I think it's, uh, I don't think it's that, that good for you. Because I, I took a little time off. I was boxing professionally and I, I was doing well and stuff, but MMA and boxing, they're two different sports. And uh, you need, if you're going to do MMA, you need to be doing your jiu-jitsu, your wrestling. I mean, it's the whole thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's where I end off with that. <laughs> well, you know, like BKFC, we were talking about, like, the bare knuckle, like you just mentioned, it's, it's way different. Boxing's different. MMA's different. Well, like, when you go to the bare knuckle, you don't got to worry for a takedown. So, did you, yeah. would, would you really like to, uh, you know, play a card in there? Because I know there's a lot of fighters. Even Artem Labov is now jumping on yeah. there. Like, would you like to do that yeah. and why? It's kind of like a fetish thing, honestly, man. And like, it's like a little, a little off the reservation because I feel like UFC's gotten all the rules now, and then all of a sudden now they want to bring up the bare knuckle fighting. I think it's interesting because I I started street street fighting when I was younger, so it's kind of like basically a street fight, man. It's a street fight. You have no gloves. You got to hit a little differently because you don't want to break your hand right away, and um, you, you have to be a little more accurate in your shots. You can't just wing, you know, right hands and, you know, throw haymakers, you don't want to hit the top of their head, and um, so it's just like a different strategy totally, and um, it is a lot different than boxing, because in boxing there's a lot of things you use with your gloves, and and um, it's just, it is a totally different game, so I just trained very specifically for that for a couple months, just like hitting pads, you know, without, without gloves, and kind of shadow sparring with people with, without gloves, and stuff like that and it was interesting and um there's certain kind of clinch work you could do too that you you could do some dirty boxing type stuff with that isn't illegal in bare knuckle fighting so it brings a kind of dimension to the game right there when you're you can you know clinch up and then uh you know dirty box from there so it's definitely different um i have a lot of scar tissue man i've been fighting since i was you know 15 i'm 31 i've had uh, a lot of fights so Shit, I could probably do one and then I'd be done. That's why I'd love to do one with somebody like Chris Levin, you know, a legend like that would be fun, you know. But I, I wouldn't do a bunch of them. I, I don't think they're great for the longevity of your career. You get all cut up. You, if you see these guys in these fights, I mean, even the guys that win, they get cut the hell up and they, they get bloodied up. So I already get bloodied up in a fight. So I, I think it would be even worse for bare knuckle. But you just got to move your head a lot and really work that head movement. 
Well, man, you fought for some of the biggest organizations that combat sports knows, and you're talking about the whole age thing. I mean, you're not that old, but uh, I understand what you're saying. Like, every fight that you're going through is, is aging you as a fighter, and you've been in the game for so long. But we just saw Anderson Silva in there, and I saw you tweeting about it that night. Uh, what did you think of Anderson's performance, man? There's so many people that write him off. Fans will write him off, but, like, to me, it seems like he's, he's still got it. He's still, he can still hang. Yeah, no, I thought he did good. I was impressed. I, I wanted to see two more rounds. Honestly, it was it was a cool fight, and uh, I think he got in. Uh, I'll, I'll, what's the, how do you say his name? Uh, is Israel it Alessandra. It's a weird name. Yeah, Israel Alessandra. Yeah, yeah. The style bender. Yeah, I think he kind of he got in the style bender's head a little bit, and um, that, that that was a cool fight. It was definitely cool to watch as an MMA fan, and. Um, I, I like the fight. It would be cool if it went five rounds, and I, I hear Silva has another fight coming up. I just don't like when he puts his hands down and he like he wants you to hit him. I'm like, oh shit, don't do that. It's, but um, yeah, it was it was a good fight. I, I was fully entertained. Yeah, like you said, man. I, I, if there was two more rounds, I felt like he had so much more to give. Like you get you get kind of annoyed as an Anderson Silva fan because. He plays those games. He's paid the price for them, but his head movement, his time, it still looked all on point. Two more rounds, I think he yeah. could have taken it uh, on, on that note. I think that would have been great. And another name that we just you know broke news about yesterday was is GSP, who's kind of in that legendary ship along with Anderson Silva, man. What, what are some of your fondest memories of GSP? GSP, man. I've seen a bunch of fights. I remember um, training with Jay Huron back in the day, and Jay Huron was a big, big um, contender coming up, you know, real good wrestler, good striking, tough guy. And um, I think that was like George St. Pierre's, like maybe first or second fight in the UFC. And I knew Jay for a while, and I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be a good fight. And then George St. Pierre just starts Jay, and he's super tough. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, this guy guys coming so um his style did change but yeah gsp is definitely one of the best of all time you know i've i've watched a lot of his fights over the years and uh one of the i don't know why this fight comes up the, the second most five gsp is uh when he lost to sarah I mean, that was crazy but then he came back and he, he ended up beating him and any, any loss that he's had he's avenged so yeah i think he's definitely one of the best of all time yeah the, the, that fight with matt sarah after that season ultimate fighter that matt was on uh, GSP had a lot of trouble uh, after that loss. There were so many people that were, you know, jumping on the ship and, you know, really making him feel bad. He had to do, like, sports psychiatry and stuff like that. And you kind of fell for him because it's somebody that he's literally the greatest of the division for so many years. And he proved that even after it, we were able to see that drive again in GSP after that loss, which, you know, was yeah. nice to see. And then the longevity of, you know, how far he was able to go after all the years and getting frustrated with uh, the USADA and Johnny Hendricks. And then when he came back, the time that he did against Michael Bisping to get the win, that was a magical moment. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. I agree. And uh, people were kind of downing him with that Michael Bisping fight, and he ended up finishing that fight. That was a great fight recently, the, the last one I think he had. So, yeah. So moving. Before we end this interview, man, you're talking about Joe Schilling. Uh, the fight will be on March 29, so the t the clock is ticking. Right now, if you really want this fight, what do you have to do to get it? Um, you know what? They, they offered it to me, and we said yes right away. 
at 185. I don't know who else they're looking at. It's kind of really in their hands, you know. Um, they're more of the A side, <laughs> you know. I'm more of the B side, so I'm just coming in. I, I mentioned something on Twitter when I, when I heard it from my manager, him saying, oh, yeah, you want to do it? I said, yeah, throw my name in the hat for sure, 185, I'm down. And then, I mean, it's my hometown for Pechanga over here at, uh, at Bellator. It comes to my hometown. I, I grew up in Marietta. It's in Temecula. So, and Joe Schilling's from L.A., and he have a lot of local people come down here. But it kind of only makes sense. Um, I already kind of hit up on Twitter. You, you saw that. It, I didn't say anything too crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm definitely going to go in there and fucking try to knock him out, and he's probably going to try to knock me out. But those are the funnest fights for fans and people, and I love to challenge myself. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I just got to keep my fingers crossed. And they usually they usually make decisions today, so they'll, they'll probably let me know today. And then if I get that sounds good. Sounds good to me. All right, guys, well, make, make sure to follow Keith Barry on his Twitter page and stay up with all the latest news at the KOKID951. That's K-O-K-I-D-951. Keith, I want to thank you so much, man. It's an honor to have you on the show finally. And what we like to do at this point in the interview is hand the imaginary microphone over to you if you have any shout-outs, any sponsors, anything at all. The floor is now all yours. Yeah, man, no, I appreciate you taking your time. And um, sorry it was a little hard for me to coordinate, but... Yeah, I appreciate you having me on here, and um, my main sponsors are, I have this vegan company, Garden of Life, they make like great protein, all types of different types of good plant-based protein, um, Dollface Extracts, and Gentleman's Fight Club, they're all like sponsors that really help me out with you know, money and clothing and stuff, so yeah man, that's it, so thank you so much, I appreciate it. And really quick, are you on Instagram as well for people to follow? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. It's uh, KeithBerry949. And I'll have that link down in the description, guys. Thank you so much, Keith. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we're really hoping that you get this fight with Joe Schilling. We'll be rooting for you, man. God bless. Cool, man. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Here you guys go. Keith Berry, legend. Been in the scene for so long. He, uh, I, I saw that he followed me on Twitter, and immediately I reached out to him trying to get him on the show. We, re- we arranged it in a week. So uh, big shout-out to Keith. And uh, really cool if he gets that fight with Joe Schilling. Could you imagine that? It was nice getting his take. Guys, subscribe down below. I'm Evil Eddie from Pure Evil MMA. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Player FM, uh, wherever really they have podcasts going on. And we got the video link if you are listening to the podcast and you want to watch the video. The link is right down below. If there's anyone else that you would like to see on Pure Evil MMA, comment their name. Give us a thumbs up if you're enjoying the content. It means a lot. We're almost at 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel, even though we got our live stream pulled, which might be a little bit better moving forward because now I can give you guys a little bit more better quality content. You know, doing live interviews for so long, there's crazy things that happen that you have no control of, which could be fun. I'd rather give you guys better quality, add in the music, add in the effects. I think that's the right direction that we're going. So things happen for a reason, and uh, I'm looking forward to see what comes of it. Guys, there's fights going down this weekend. I will have you updated with the coverage at PureEvilMMA.com. Follow me on Twitter at evil echo That's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O. And also on Instagram at PureEvilMMA underscore. We got a new podcast drop in either today or tomorrow by the time that you're hearing this. I'm sure it will be out. So make sure to hit subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to Pure Evil MMA. I appreciate it, guys. White knuckles till the end. Remember, without evil, there can be no purity. Behave yourselves.